The Celtics are halfway to history after winning games four and five after falling behind three games to none. We check in with the Boston Celtics and also on the Red Sox here on the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. I thought start to finish, and Jalen Brown agreed, we'll hear from him in just a little bit, that game five was the best performance the Celtics have had this postseason. It came, obviously, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics won 110-97. to Score was a little bit closer than the game actually was was as the Celtics starters left with a 20-point lead and about three minutes to go in the fourth quarter of play. Celtics never trailed in this game. They led by as many as 23, and they got contributions from up and down the lineup. Derek White, we'll hear from him in just a little bit. He had 24 points for the Celtics. But right now, this team is halfway to history. They were down three games to none. They had an embarrassing Game 3 performance. Then this group, as they have done throughout the last couple of years, rallied. And when things got the most dire, the Celtics started to play their best basketball, culminating with what I thought was their best game of the season in this Game 5 against the Miami Heat. When you consider the way they defended, all the intangibles, the extra pass, getting on the floor for loose balls, getting a hands on loose balls and batting out rebounds, all those different little things you have to do to win. And really Al Horford and Marcus Smart, big leaders for the Celtics in that way. But Derek White led the Celtics with 24 points. I talked with him post-game. Comment on the kind of the mindset of this group tonight. You never trailed. Any run they made, you answered with defensive intensity and shots. What was the kind of the focus of the group coming in? Yeah, I think uh, just having that defensive mindset, um, we were able to get stops, which allowed us to get out and run and uh, get good looks. So um, we got to have that mindset uh, for the rest of the series. And shooting for you tonight didn't seem like there was much hesitation at all in putting shots up. It was going well for you there. And talk about kind of the distribution, the guys moving the ball around with consistency. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they got a lot of focus on JB, JT. Um, so they're always empowering me to shoot when I'm open, and um, I was able to find some openings and, and knock them down. So like I said, it does seem like when things are at their worst, the Celtics are – at their best you know when it comes to winning games at home the Celtics should win doesn't necessarily take place and they win big games on the road none bigger than this game six coming up tomorrow here is Jason Tatum like I said I wish I didn't know Uh, but uh, you know I I feel like speaking for us in the last um, this year and last year when we've had a lead or tied the series up and came back home for whatever reason we've uh I don't know relaxed um for lack of better words and you know we've lost some crucial games at home and really just had to buckle down um of going on the road backs against the wall you know nobody but us and the coaches and the guys in that locker room believed that you know you know, whether it's last year, last series that, you know, we were going to win. Uh, but, you know, like I said, we got a really connected group. We got a group of determined, tough guys uh, that, like I said, I know I can count on. I know when I look to my left and my right, uh, when all hope seems to be lost, you know, when the game is on the line, our back's against the wall, that, you know, 
everybody gonna go down fighting, give it everything they have, um, and that's contagious because uh, we truly, well, there's ignorant belief. We do, we do believe um, at all times that you know if we still have a chance that you know anything can happen. What stood out to you most about you know the performance tonight in terms of kind of the the all in uh, intangibles of the game and what everybody up and down the the roster was able to do that uh, played. Um, obviously, I think it started in that first quarter. Uh, first play on defense, right? Smart diving on the floor, getting out in transition. Uh, you know, that was contagious. You know, Smart played his ass off tonight. Uh, you know, everybody did, but, you know, D. White, Grant, um, Rob, Al. Um, you know, I think just how hard we played, um, how connected we were on the defensive end, uh, you know, sharing the ball. Uh, things like that. Also talked with Jalen Brown. Uh, experience is the best teacher. Um, we're a resilient group. We've been through a lot. You know, um, obviously it's the first time being in this situation, um, but um, it's the first for everything. So we don't look at it like we out. We just take it one game at a time. We just breathe, come out, play basketball, just um, take our time and and do what we came, do what we're supposed to do. I think we'll be fine. Um, it's a blessing to be able to play this game each and every night. It's a blessing to be in the playoffs. It's highs, it's lows, it's intense moments. You know, it's moments that pissed off. It's moments where you extremely excited. Um, it's it's just it's amazing. So um, these next two games should be fun. Your thoughts on what you saw from this group collectively tonight? The way you guys were connected, never trailed in the game, responded to all their runs, and did you feel this was the best performance of the postseason for the group? Uh, I would say so. I think we played 48 minutes. We played with great intensity on defense. Uh, I think we just set the tone from the jump, and we got to be able to do that and carry that over into the next game because we got to expect their best punch um, next game. Here's Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla. Joe, is this the, the best performance in your view of in the postseason, and what does it say that you've had you know, probably your best two performances back-to-back games here? Uh, it just says that our backs are against the wall and we're sticking together and we're competing at a high level to, you know, give ourselves a chance and what did Al give you tonight in terms of effort intensity particularly you know in the early going yeah everything he does is an intangible um, that you can't measure and um, you know just his leadership and his physicality and his attention to detail defensively uh, is big for us how do you feel all the experiences from the postseason have made you a better coach and how do you see yourself coming out of this you know better than you came in just relying on the locker room um, just taking each game learning from it um, you know, understanding that each game is going to give you an experience and something that you got to learn from. Um, and that's it. And, you know, coach the game. All right, so two key questions for Joe Missoula as the series shifts back to Miami for game six. The Celtics have been better on the road. I'm going to ask him why. Also, how do you determine who plays down the stretch? Is it Rob Williams or is it Al Horford? Horford is shooting the ball better, but it's still only around 30% from three in the postseason. Just wanted to ask you about why you guys have been good on the road in the postseason. Is there anything that jumps out at you in terms of the disparity? And uh, what's your sense about the team going to game three here? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why um, the home road uh, is there. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, regardless of home or away, when we're focused on the details and the game plan and, um, you know, we have success and, you know, we've shown that both home and away. And I think that's kind of what we try to focus on. Um, and then I think just the game plan headed into next game is like, you know, we just have to have a trust of togetherness and, uh, 
a mentality uh, to execute and to stick together. Joe, Al's uh, shooting both 30% from three in uh, in the postseason. Um, is that just a matter of if she, him getting to shoot and they're going to start to fall? And if he's not hitting the three, um, does that make Rob at times perhaps a better option for him for use? Yeah, I, mean, I think Al just has to continue to shoot the ball with confidence when he's open. He's been one of our better shooters throughout the year. And when he's playing well, uh, he gives us, um, you know, a great opportunity on the offensive end and defensively. He's been very, very solid. And listen, we have a lot of options that we can go to regardless of how the game is going. And so um, at any point in time, we can go to anybody. Duncan Robinson, the Newcastle, New Hampshire native, has had a great series for the Miami Heat in the last four games. He is averaging 14.25 per contest, and that includes a game which he only had two points back in game number four. So Duncan Robinson has been impactful, and he's been impactful in getting to the basket, whether it's making plays, nine assists in game number five, or scoring at the rim. He's not just a spot-up three-point shooter anymore. I talked to Eric Spolstra about when and where that changed. Just one thing on Duncan Robinson, you've talked about you know, his evolution and how he's kind of changed as an offensive player. When did you, know, you have that conversation with him? And you know, what was it, it like once he obviously started to get chased off the three-point line and had to make changes? I mean, it was pretty evident uh, that we're going to have to uh, develop other aspects of his game. And he's a gym rat. He, he wants to work on everything all the time. And uh, whenever that was two or three years ago, I mean, it, everybody was pretty committed to getting him off the three-point line. So... Uh, he uh, had to work on different ways to still, um, you know, help our offense, which which he always does. Inside the hallway, back behind the scenes, the TD Garden on uh, Thursday night, Paul Pierce was walking around. The truth, the legend, individual that uh, helped the Celtics and w- win the 2008 championship and won the MVP of the NBA Finals that year. Had an opportunity to catch up with Paul Pierce. 15th anniversary, 2008. What memories come back when you think about that group? I mean, you know, no doubt that was a special group. You know, it was like a perfect storm. You know, I mean, who would have thought, you know, going from a team that was like one of the worst teams in the league to an NBA champion, you know. So who, who, who could ever dream of bringing in Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and the sport cast we had? So, you know, uh, I'm thankful that I was able to uh, play on the championship team here in Boston because I didn't think it would ever happen. I thought maybe I was on my way out, but it's always special when I come back to the Garden and come to these type of games because, you know, this is is family, this is tradition, this is is everything that the Celtics is all about. You know, even when I play, you know, former players coming back, being in the stands, cheering the team on, Mm -hmm. this is what it's all about, and that's why I come back to these moments. I'll ask you about your legacy too because you have a legacy of being the guy when it comes to hitting big shots. I was watching the 2002 game against the Nets where you took the team on back down the stretch and obviously won that game three in the comeback. What about those moments allowed for you to have the success that you did and and what was your mindset in those moments? Well, it was was more than just me. It was more about you look around the Mm -hmm. arena, you look around who you represent. And, And I played that way. You know, I played for not only myself, I played for the city of Boston, I played for my family, my teammates, and I tried to represent that when I went out there. So win or lose, uh, I wanted them to say, hey, look, he, he wore he wore that Celtic jersey with pride, uh, and we know he left it all on the court. All right, Paul Pierce right there. Game six of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight inside the arena down in Miami. At 8.30 p.m., if the Celtics win Game 7 on Memorial Day inside the TD Garden again at 8.30, both games 
on TNT. We switch gears. The Red Sox have been out on the West Coast, and uh, they have not been playing great. Heading to last night's contest against the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Sox offense had been buoyed by the Sox team, excuse me, been buoyed by their offense, which is one of the best in baseball. But the bats have gone silent, and with that, you start to look towards the horizon and wonder about Adam Duval and also uh, Trevor Story when those two are going to return for the Boston Red Sox. Duval will be first as he is eyeing a June 9th return. So still a couple weeks away, but eyeing a June 9th return. I recently sat down with Duval at Fenway Park. Of course, he got off to an incredible start with the team before he got injured in Detroit trying to make a diving catch and fractured his wrist. So Adam was talking with AC, and he has a lot of excitement for with you and Trevor Story coming back down the road and what that's going to mean for this offense. And just kind of what have you seen from the group so far? Obviously, the offense has performed incredibly well. Uh, one of the top teams in baseball, top five in a lot of statistical categories. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a bunch of grinders, a bunch of uh, guys that grind out at bats, um, you know, um, and they can beat you multiple ways uh, with the extra base hit, moving a guy, Saw last night, bunting, bunting. Uh, so, you know, um, I think it's an exciting group, and obviously, excited. I'm excited personally to get back, start swinging, and um, you know, try and get back with this group. What are things looking like for you in that sense? The cast is off, which is obviously really good, um, but obviously there's still time to, to let the wrist heal. And that when you're dealing with a fracture, it's kind of a tenuous situation. So, what's it looking like for you in terms of getting back to baseball activities, rehab assignments, etc.? Yeah, I think uh, first thing is getting the motion back and the strength back, um, and the stability in the wrist, and being able to, you know, catch balls and, and to, uh, you know, make contact with balls. So, you know, that's the first part. And then obviously there's uh, getting game ready, uh, you know, taking balls off the bat out in the outfield and uh, getting the routes right, and uh, you know, making contact with the baseball and velo and and breaking balls and. Uh, you know, being able to hit those again. So, um, you know, that's kind of the progression back. You feeling like it's uh, still a couple of weeks? Uh, how, do you have a timeline on it? Well, I mean, you know, the first day back uh, I'm eligible is, uh, I believe, June 9th, Friday um, in New York. So, you know, that's the that's the goal uh, back to the major league level. I think, um, you know, they'll get together and make a progression so that hopefully uh, we can be back and be right on time. When it comes to you know this group, um, how important is it for a player to have like that commonality when it comes to the mindset and approach when it comes to the game? You know, loving the game because uh, you're obviously around these guys a lot and around the game a ton. They can get frustrating at times too. Um, so what's what's the importance in your view of you've won a championship obviously with the Braves? Like, what's the importance of commonality with a group? Well, I think, uh, you know, you grow as the season goes on. Um, You grow and you create an identity, um, not only as an offense, but as a team. Um, And, you know, I think, uh, you know, we had a really good stretch there. um, And now, um, you know, obviously games haven't gone the way we want to the past couple of days. But, um, you know, these these are the times where, you know, guys can either come together or they can go apart. And, um, you know, I think I think the group of guys that we have um, and the mindset and the mentality of, hey, we're, we're a winning ball club and that's the way it's going to be. Um, you know, I, I, I look for it as, you know, a growth stage. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to see um, how we respond and, um, you know, obviously going forward, get back to winning baseball games. When it, 
you have veteran players that have won, like you and Kike and Kenley and, and JT. Uh, is there a certain way that you know you have to kind of, you know, direction you have to take the team in when things aren't, you know, going well or when they are going too well you know, to kind of establish a an even keel? Or, you know, in a long season, do you want to want to kind of ride the highs and build momentum off of those and just kind of flush the, the negative stuff? How do you handle that side of things in a long season? I think the biggest thing is being consistent, um, you know, doing the right things that it takes to win a ball game. Um, that's showing up, preparing every day, getting your body right, getting your mind right, uh, getting the team team right. And, um, you know, those are the big things throughout the course of the season. And um, just being consistent with those through those things, whether you're winning uh, or, or you're losing, uh, whether things are going unbelievably great or unbelievably bad, those are the things that you know that it's going to take to win the ball game. And, uh, you know, you just, you just hope that, you know, over the course of the season – um, you know, those things will get you right to win a ball game. It feels like, you know, Major League Baseball is kind of baseball once again this year. I don't know if it's the rule changes or what it is, but if you watch the game at the college level or, you know, even at the, the youth level, high school level, like you'll see you know, bunting, you'll see stolen bases, you'll see great plays in the, you know, in the outfield. And you know, when it's the reducing of the shift, the size of the bases, the pitch clock, whatever it is. Do you feel like this year it's like kind of, you know, a return to you know, the baseball that you grew up kind of playing and, and, and watching? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, uh, you know, I've definitely noticed that there, there are, you know, there are more steal attempts. Um, there's more bunt attempts. Um, you know, whether those things have to do with the rule or not, I, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, I mean, it definitely seems exciting. Uh, I, I like the pace of the game. Um, the games are, you know, uh, shorter, but there's there's seems to be more action. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think the game's in a good spot. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. The final thing is, how have you kind of enjoyed Boston so far? Obviously, got out to a you know, great start, uh, historic start, you know, for the team, and then obviously the uh, injury came probably the worst time possible. But what's it been like in terms of you know, kind of taking things in, becoming a Bostonian, and uh, taking in you know Fenway Park and the things that you talked about wanting to be here and experience? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think I've, first off, I've really enjoyed myself so far, and. I think one of the big things is the weather. Um, I'm really enjoying the weather. Um, you know, it's been it's been really nice, and and obviously um, I enjoy playing in this park. I think it just gives you a different feeling when you step on the field. It's um, you know it's got a lot of history, um, a lot of character, and, and um, you know it's uh, it's like I said, it just it, when you run out there, it gives you it gives you a different feeling than than places that I've personally played in the past. So um, it's been really cool. Adam Duval right there targeting a June 9th return. Red Sox are still playing a waiting game with Tristan Casas as well. He's been in the lineup, but the productivity has not really been there for him in totality. Yet, I sat down with the Red Sox first baseman who has no problem being his true self. For you, where are things at? Like, where do, What do you like? What do you not like about you know, particularly the, the approach when it comes to um, driving the baseball? Season, it comes and goes. Um, there's ebbs and flows. There's definitely times where you, you're you tired, you're more fatigued than others, you're in a better groove than, than other times, but ultimately it just comes down to competing. Um, I, I think stepping in the box with a, a common mindset of wanting to grind out an at-bat, um, wanting to extend the at-bat, um, if it's the starting pitcher, try to get him as tired as we can to get him get in the bullpen earlier, 
or if it's a bullpen arm, um, understand that he wants to go after you and try to um, go about that at bat as differently as as you know as you can. But um, you know, just trying to go up there with approach, uh, I think, is the most important thing. Over enough sample size, if you go up there with an, a, a similar approach every time, it'll work over the sample size. So I think uh, that's what we preach here: just have an approach, no matter what it is. Everybody has a different skill set that they bring into the box. Whether it's some guys hit for a little more contact, some guys hit for a little more power, and that's the beautiful thing about our organization is we just let everybody be um, who they need to be to, to be go out there and be successful and help us win games. We don't try to cookie cut a an approach. We try to let everybody develop their own uh, their own style, and ultimately the the goal is to just score runs. and And I think we're doing that at a good pace. One of the things that's most impressive about you from my perspective is your authenticity where a lot of times you know, individuals struggle with authenticity even as they get older but you've kind of like called your shot and been yourself and, and appear to be extremely confident and comfortable you know, in you and who you are where did that come from and you know is it difficult at times when people push back and say you know the outfield th- uh, stuff the fingernail like how do you kind of manage that as a, as a young player where you're trying to make your mark be authentic but also you know, be a part of a team. Definitely. Uh, confidence is never something I've lacked. Um, my confidence comes from my preparation, and my preparation comes from my routine. I have a good routine. I know what I need to do every every day I come to the ballpark. Um, I go about things the right way. I show up on time. Um, I execute the little things. I don't make mental mistakes. Um, and everybody lets me be whoever I want to be outside of the field and let my personality shine in whatever way I want it to. Um, uh, as long as I come to the field, um, I'm a good teammate. Got everybody's back, hustling on the field, playing the game to the right aesthetic, playing the game with the right pace. Um, you know, I think that's that's what really matters. And uh, everybody, you know, doesn't doesn't you know doesn't mind my routine. They don't they don't care whatever I have to do to get ready for the game. As long as I feel confident uh, because of the preparation, um, I'm going to continue to be myself. I, I've never been result driven. I've never um, been swayed by whether I get a hit that day or not, or whether I went three for four. Um, the difference between going three for four and zero for four is is literally centimeters, millimeters. It can be uh, it's, it's a game of inch. They say it's a game of inches, but it's probably honestly smaller. Um, so I never get down on myself for. Uh, for for ultimately decisions made at, at four tenths of a second, it's it's hard to beat yourself up for that. So I've learned to to decompartmentalize with that and just try to be myself uh, authentically, um, no matter if you know the results are going my way or not. The final thing is though, is it difficult to be authentic? You know, particularly in this market where you know people are critical, and I guess they're critical everywhere, and even within kind of your own kind of you know micro community on social media. If you're not a big you know, baseball star, um, people are going to be critical of what you do, what you say, and how you act. Is, is it difficult to, to be authentic in an environment where there's criticism? No, absolutely not. I, I think, if anything, it gives me a more of an incentive to want to be authentic. I think everybody has their own opinion about uh, literally everybody. Um, and however people want to perceive me is, is, is their own right. Um, I know who I am. Everybody in this locker room knows who I am and what skill set I bring to the team. Um, for, for the fan base, at least, I, I, I think everybody appreciates a little character. I feel like everybody appreciates a little bit of individuality because um, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all just going out there on a, on a stage trying to perform and give the best, uh, you know, three hours of entertainment that we can. Oh, ultimately, um, that's that's what we are just, you know, in the entertainment business. So um, I try to be as entertaining as possible. Um, sometimes it carries off the field a little bit with my personality and, and just how I, I carry myself and my character but um, I, I you know 
I, I feel so fortunate to be in this this market and in this city. Um, I see a lot of other of other of my friends and, and teammate uh, for, former teammates and other guys that I've known around the league, and they play in front of you know a couple thousand fans, and you know they, nobody comes to the park, and nobody really cares if they do good or bad. But um, really, everything getting magnified as much as it does here in Boston uh, makes me a little more accountable for everything. It makes me think twice before I think uh, before I speak before I act, and um, you know carrying myself to that level is is definitely helping me grow whether I get a hit that day or not. Sox wrap up the road trip in Arizona against the Diamondbacks, then they're home for three against the Reds and four against the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm Chris Ryan.